0: Hello, welcome to York Street. We hope that this sermon will be an inspiring and impactful one, just what you need at this time. For any of our sermon based studies, please head to our website at www.yorkstreet.com.au. So grab a cuppa, grab your notebook, whatever you need, and we hope that you enjoy the sermon. Hey, have have you ever felt like you've hit a limit in life this is sort of the family service so because we were kids so all the time right <laughs> um, but, but you know like when you actually hit the limit it might be maybe you go for a run anybody ever run with Pete Lusk no not Pete Lusk Pete Lusk is here where are you hey mate thanks for joining Pete and Sandy from um, Southern Cross Kids Camp um, Pete Bartlett thank you Pete Bartlett anybody been running with Peter Bartlett yeah, you know what I'm talking about, right? You feel like he's just having this conversation. Your lungs are burning. You're just like, uh, and then he starts the deep conversation. It's like, ah, oh, what do you think about Jesus? Like, oh, I'll tell you in a second. I'm about to meet him. You know, like, like it just, you hit this limit where you just cannot push through any further. Or maybe you've done some study and you're trying to cram. You know, you've been preparing to get all the snacks for the night before cram session. Like you've done heaps of thought about the snacks, announced the night before and you're trying to cram for that essay or that exam but nothing else is going in you, you you've hit a limit maybe you're juggling work and family and you just feel like you know you hear something break in the other room <laughs> oh it hit a limit we all have limits don't we limits in life it was just last, uh, a couple of Wednesdays ago, one of our young people from our church, um, Luke Barlow, who plays guitar in our 6 p.m. service from time to time on the roster, an amazing young young guy was riding his bike at Black Hill and, um, and found a limit. And in the words of both him and the, the, those that are around, cheese grated his face um, in true Young adult fashion, it's all over social media. You can look it up and see it. <laughs> he, um, the, thing, the thing with Luke, though, is he then um, bounced back to race um, on the, the weekend, just last weekend, and won the King of Ballarat race at the Open Senior level, um, the pro level, for his first uh, pro win um, nationally, which is like pretty awesome. But we all, we all hit limits, don't we, in life? We hit limits because we're people, and people have limits. People have limitations, but God doesn't. God doesn't have limits. God, with God, there are, there are no limits. What would it look like for us to live in a space where we're following God, where there can be no limits? Today, we're going to see what Scripture says about that, how we can make sure that we're not putting our own human limitations on life, but instead, we're finding a way to plug into God in the areas that he chooses for us to live with no limits. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, as we open up scripture, I pray that you'll show us what it is to live a life with no limits, a life in you, a life focused on your gospel, a life in tune with your spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Today we continue our series called One Faith. And as we look at One Faith, we know our faith is in Jesus Christ. And we pick up this series in the book of Galatians. And if you've got your Bibles or your phone, you want to read on, or if you're taking notes, we're going to be looking at Galatians chapter 2 and Galatians chapter 5 today. And what we're going to be looking at is, is this church And the way that the church was situated in Galatia was that it wasn't just a singular location. This is kind of like a state. This is an area. There's multiple churches happening in here. And one of the interesting things about Galatia is not only is it lots of different locations, but there's lots of different um, ethnicity groups. There's different culture. There's different ways of living, different customs, different traditions, all happening in Galatia at this time. And Paul loved what was happening in Galatia because the gospel transcended race and culture and gender and class and status. And so Paul had this real heart for Galatia because he said there's something about this region where the gospel unifies everybody. And he loved that the gospel was elevated to its rightful place. But what starts to creep in which seems to happen a fair bit in the letters of the church is there's a Jewish Christian group and the Jews are following man-made practices which God told them to do in the Old Testament but what's happened is Jesus has come lived died rose again sent his Holy Spirit the completed works of Christ which means if you believe in him that's it you're saved And what they've taken is this message and they've added some of the Old Testament traditions and customs, some of the things that you have to do. Now, Paul hears that this beautiful multicultural church that's so focused on Christ is starting to get told that you need to do things now in order to be saved. Christ isn't enough. You have to do some things. And it breaks his heart. He's sad and he's angry. And he writes the book of Galatians into that space. (coughs) Excuse me. We start in Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. And we see a familiar character straight away. It says, When Cephas came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. Now, if you can cast your minds back to last week, we talked about the church in 1 Corinthians, sort of chapter 1 to 3. And in that, we see Paul is saying, that, Hey, why are you guys following people? And who's he? there were three characters, and we, we drew some amazing artwork last week. And I got to say, by 6 p.m. service, we had congregational members uh, right? draw the pictures they were awesome so good um, but what we saw was there was Apollos there was Paul and there was Cephas and one of the things that Cephas was really good at was is actually going deeper into scripture so Paul led people to Christ and then Cephas did some great teaching but we see that Cephas starts putting limits on his faith and Cephas actually gets pretty messed up and starts to to compromise the gospel. It says in verse 12, oh sorry, it goes, I opposed Cephas to his face because he stood condemned. What does condemned mean? Well, it means he's judged and found guilty. For before certain men had came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. Gentiles are those that, that aren't the Jewish people. There's also another train of thought, as I pull this apart, where the Jews are God's holy chosen people. That's why they had to do certain things in the Old Testament, because they had to look a certain way, act a certain way, eat a certain way. But Gentiles is everybody else. We're Gentiles. And so what we see start to take place is this. You used to eat with Gentiles, but when they arrived, the people from James... He began to draw back and he separated himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who became to the circumcision group, which was one of the practices of the Old Testament, one of the things you had to do. And the other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy. You're being a hypocrite. You're saying Jesus is the way, but now you're saying you've got to do things to be the way. You've got to follow certain things. So you're being a hypocrite. "'Even Barnabas was led astray. "'And then I saw that you were not acting in line "'with the truth of the gospel. "'And I said to Cephas in front of them, "'You are a Jew, yet you live like a Gentile "'and not like Jews. "'How is it then that you force Gentiles "'to follow Jewish customs? "'We who are Jews by birth are not sinful Gentiles.'" Remember, this is the set-apart part of being a Jew and being a Gentile knowing that the person is not justified by works of the law, but by faith in Jesus Christ. By faith in Jesus Christ. So we, too, have put our faith in Jesus Christ, that we may be justified by faith in Christ and not by the works of the law. Because by the works of the law no one will be justified. But if you seek to be justified in Christ, we Jews find ourselves also amongst the sinners. That Doesn't it mean that Christ promoted sin? Absolutely not. But if I rebuild what I destroy, then I really would be a lawbreaker. For through the law, I died to the law so that I may live for God. I have been crucified with Christ and it's no longer. I no longer live, but Christ lives in me the life i now live in the body i live by faith in the son of god who loved me and gave himself for me i do not set aside the grace of god for if righteousness could be gained through the law christ died for nothing if righteousness remember we unpacked this a few weeks back again righteousness being the three things of god's righteousness were number 1 god when god says something it's right there's no if buts, or maybes. It's good and it's right. The second part was when he makes a judgment, the judgment is fair and just and true. And the third thing was that his promises are promises that are trustworthy, they're true. What he said would happen and what he, he said was going to happen will, will happen, and, and that's, that's it. So that's sort of the righteousness of God. And so can your righteousness be acted through your works or is it God that does it? Can, can you be saved by your deeds? Or is it God's grace? Is it God's gospel? Paul's saying, sees when, you, when you actually start to put limits on the gospel by adding your own ideas and your own thoughts and your, your own um, ways of acting it or, or working your way into God's grace, you actually lose the beauty of the gospel. The gospel is simple. You put your faith in, in Jesus. That's it. You you can't work your way into heaven, you just put your faith in Jesus. You you can't do deeds to to please God enough for you to be able to go to heaven. None of us can do that. Only Jesus could. And so what does it look like for us to live by the gospel? Well, I want to say it in the simplest form, we put our faith in Jesus and we take a step forwards in whatever area of your life that might be. It might be that you're you're wrestling with your your relationships. How do you put that into faith? How do you put that into the gospel? Well, you take that area of your life and say, Jesus, I want you to take that area of my life. Tell me where to go, I'm gonna step towards you in faith. It might be that you've got a, a decision to make in your workplace. And you go, God, I'm not quite sure where I'm meant to be working. I've got a big decision. And to to elevate Jesus and put your faith in him, all you have to do is focus on Jesus and take a step forward in that area of your life. You see, the beauty of the gospel is God wants to be with you, and he can do that through Jesus. And it's quite simple. When you start messing with it, you start to to actually take away the, the beauty of the simplicity of the gospel. And the way this works when we talk about being unified as the church, you see, if you're focusing on Jesus in in an area of your finances, in the area of your friendships, in the area of, of your work, in the area of your morals, if you're focusing on Jesus and you put that in its rightful place and say, Jesus, I want to give this to you, and you take a step, do you know what starts to happen? Every single member of God's church not just here but across the entire world takes a step in the same direction because we're focusing on jesus set your eyes on things above it gives you a set point to focus and to move towards what's happening in the church we see in galatians is something else is people are saying yeah that's happening but you do you also need to do this Set your eyes on some of the deeds. Set your eyes on some of the tasks. Set your eyes on some of these practices. Set, set your ta- eyes on some of these religious things that we've been doing for so long. And all of a sudden, not everyone's stepping towards Jesus. People are starting to go, hey, but you're not doing that. They're judging one another. And they're looking at people rather than looking at Jesus. And the church starts to be divided. And that's why Paul is, is so sad and so heart-stricken here. Now, for some of us, you might be thinking, hey, I'm on this journey towards who Jesus is, and I really don't know if, if I'm there. What does that mean? I may not be ready to, to be focusing and giving everything to Jesus. I'm still trying to work out if he's real or not. I'm not sure. The beauty of having faith in Jesus is as long as your faith's in him, that's all that matters. The Bible says in Matthew chapter 17, verse 20, it says, if you have the faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move because nothing is impossible for you. You see, if your faith is in the right space, you'll be okay. Don't put your faith in people because people have limits. Put your faith in Jesus and that's enough. And even if it's the smallest bit of faith placed in Jesus, that's enough. That's the starting point of your journey. Now, you don't put your faith in Jesus and stand still. You put your faith in Jesus and take a step. It doesn't matter where you are in the life. As each and every one of us in different areas of our life step towards Jesus, we start to align because we're all heading in the same direction. Galatians chapter 5 starts to talk about what this looks like in practice And he separates the things that we do when we start following the things that we want as people and our abilities and our sinful nature. Sinful means the things that we do that are wrong between us and God. And then the things that when we are walking in step with God, what they look like. We're going to skip down to, to verse 19 where it says this, The acts of the flesh are obvious. Verse 19, sexual immorality. And debauchery, idolatry, witchcraft, hatred, discord, which is like creating issues with one another, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissension, fractions, factions, sorry, and envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. So when you start to take these things and push them to extreme, you see how bad they are. And you go, oh, is Jesus just trying to, is God just trying to ruin all our fun? It's like, well, being drunk all the time, being an alcoholic is not fun. Like, you, you take it to an extreme, you take any of these to an extreme, and you see they are terrible things. No one wants to live like that. There is a limit to it, because they're, they're human desires. But then it goes on to say this, but the fruits of the Spirit are love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faith, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there are no law. There's no limits. There's no law. All of these, you can't quantify love, true love. You can't can't put a limit on what love looks like. You can't. It's unending. There is. What did I say? Where are we? What does the Bible say? Not what I say. (laughs) There is no law. Those who belong to Jesus Christ have crucified the flesh with its possessions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep with the Spirit. For example, if we pull this apart a little bit, and and we see it all the time, we we see the horrendous things that take place with sexual immorality, we see abuse, we see terrible things take place when people give in to the desires of the flesh, versus love. And they're separate. There's this flesh, flesh desire, and you can see the, the horrible things that happen when people just try and fill that desire, versus what love looks like. Now love, maybe there's some some physical attraction in love, but love just isn't about the looks. Love is a decision. Love is a choice. Love is a commitment. Love, love is dedication. I want to say, I, I came back after a week of sitting in a conference room where there was just nothing but input all week. We're sitting there just, just learning, 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 eating, 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 learning, eating, learning, eating, learning, eating, learning, eating. and... I walked in home um, Thursday night. I flew back earlier than everyone else because I had a meeting to attend um, once I, I landed back in Victoria on Thursday night, which ran late, and so um, I'm sitting at a McDonald's on a Zoom board meeting because that's how we live, um, eating. You know, um, it was, so, so now more input. <laughs> I get home... And my beautiful wife that loves me amazingly <laughs> sees me walk in and it's like, it's time to, time to, yeah, I'm so tired. I'm getting ready for bed. And she just points to my stomach and goes, what is that? <laughs> 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 yeah. And it's like, how good is it that I'm loved? It's not about the looks. <laughs> like, it's not about, it's like, oh. Yeah, it was true. I was all bloated. I was like, whoa. <laughs> I'm home (laughs) I was like oh it's terrible and i would just been eating all week and sitting and not doing anything like it was sitting in planes like I had all the excuses in the world but in the end I'm so happy that I'm loved and it's not about the physical it's a commitment can't get out of it now (laughs) Like, like it's it's how good is it to be loved don't we want that and and when you take love and you start to look for the extreme it says there's no greater love than this that someone would lay down their life for their friends that's love that's what we want that's the fruit of the spirit patience how are you going with that man that was tough during covid wasn't it I want it yesterday Anybody ever order any parcels during COVID? (laughs) How's your patience going? Like, oh, I want it now. Come on. What's wrong? Oh, crazy. You know, all these fruits that we see when we focus on God, they start to be lived out in and through us. What does this look like in the real world? We see we're going to fail. Let's be honest. There's going to be times when we mess up. There's going to be times when we, we do the things of the flesh when we're, when we're, we're not full of self-control and we give, maybe you bought something online because you weren't full of self-control. Like Maybe there's the reasons that you did that. There's, there's times when we fail. What does Paul say the answer is? The gospel of Jesus Christ. Elevate the gospel. Focus on Christ. When there's an area of your life that's lacking, the answer is Jesus. But the beauty is that when we have Jesus, we start to see things start to work in and through us. When we choose Jesus in the good times and the bad, it starts to flow through us. Have you ever had an experience like this when you're having a conversation with someone and all of a sudden it turns a bit spiritual and you weren't ready for it and all of a sudden you're saying stuff that's like really good and you're thinking this is isn't this is better than anything I could come up with. What's going on? Or someone says, Oh, you know this verse, and start quoting a Bible verse. Oh, yeah. And then you quote the next verse. You know, can't even remember reading it, let alone Hezekiah. What, what, like, what's going on? I so said, There's times when we elevate the gospel and we're focusing on Jesus. Your willingness to have that conversation allows God to flow through you. Now, that's not for your benefit. You don't walk away from that going, Look how good I was, because now you've, you're earthly and flesh, yeah, you know, things of the flesh again, is pride. But when you're in a space like that, you can speak something, God can speak something through you and use you in a mighty, mighty way. If you ever stepped out in faith and God's just done something you weren't sure what was going to happen? But God has honored that. In about a month's time, I'm not going to be here in the Sunday morning services because our brothers and sisters over at Cadinia, um, Shane and Emily Westblade, are finishing up their ministry there. And they don't know what's next. All they know is God has called them to finish a season. They're stepping out in faith. You think God's going to honor that? Like if he's told them to, to, to finish something, he's going to honor them and start something. So I'll be over there celebrating the incredible ministry that they've done over there uh, with them and, and praying them into it to whatever God is going to have for them next. They're doing one of those Australia trips in the gap. Man, man. Sorry, I'm a little jealous. <laughs> I'll, give that, I'll give that to Jesus later. There was a number of, um, a few years back, I got an invitation to say a prayer and um, I got what I thought the invitation was to come to the opening of a medical center in Ballarat. And I was like, can you come and, and open, be, be a part of this opening ceremony of a medical center in Ballarat? like, sure, that's a bit of an odd one, but okay, I, I don't do that very often. I've done it once, um, but sure. Anyway, so I'm, I'm at this medical center, and, and I'm not really dressed for it. Like, there's people wearing suits and all dressed up, and there's the mayor, and all the people speaking are all really nice and, and dressed appropriately, and there's, there's some older people there, and there's a few shade cloths. It was really hot, hot, hot day. And so because there's shade cloths, I thought, we'll leave the shade cloths for, for those that, that need the shade. I've got the kids, so we'll just sit on the ground, it's like the car park was sort of set up for, for the opening. And so we're just sitting on the I'm lying on the ground with the kids, um, as you do, yeah. while all the speeches are on, until I hear my name called out as the, the owner of the facility says, I'm now going to invite Pastor Tim Walter to come up and pray a prayer of dedication over the building. So I'm like trying to keep straight-faced as I get up off the ground and, dust the dirt off myself and walk up there and my prayer was probably one of the most amazingly theologically grammatically pieced together prayers I've ever said in my life three words God help now I then got that's about all I had the chance to do before getting there to the to the microphone and I just prayed for the building and prayed for I don't know what it was just prayed for the place and and then left the the platform and immediately checked the email to see that I'd folded under fold the email in half to fit in my diary and the bit that I folded under said could you please pray <laughs> prayer dedication totally my bad the next day though the owner of the establishment came to knocking on the door. I said, "Thank you so much for doing that." I'm like, mm-hmm, "Yeah." <laughs> he said, "The staff we were, we met this morning for the first time since the opening as a staff, and the staff wanted me to ask you how you had access to our mission statement." I'm like, "You what? <laughs> the mission statement? How did you see it? Because it hasn't even been put out there for the public yet." I'm like, "I don't know." He said, "Because you prayed it." I said, "Confession time, mate. I'm so sorry." I didn't even realize I was going to pray. So I've come, total honesty, I'm so sorry. I would always have that prepared. I would always be dressed appropriately. I just, I didn't read the email properly and I wasn't prepared. He then bursts into tears because he goes, I now get to go back to my non-Christian staff members and say that the God spoke through you that you didn't, that I hadn't had a chance to read it. That's the power of being in the spirit. What was my action in that? Was I an amazingly thought out prayer? Not at all. It was a willingness. And and I had to to look to Jesus, God help now. Pretty sure we can all pray that prayer and take a step. And we can all do that. We've got a member of our our nine o'clock congregation who's aging, who actually can't get to church that often because of physical health. But every time they come to church, they invite people out for lunch. They don't do it in their home anymore because it's too hard. So what they do is they invite people to lunch every time they make it. Why? Because physically you're aging. Physically there's limits. But his heart for people, his passion, his eyes to see people as Jesus sees them means that he acts in a different way. He walks in the spirit. One last example. Next weekend will be about minus 10 degrees in Warragul. It'll be so cold, I had this experience once, where if you're wearing a beanie and you stand up in your tent and you sit down again, your beanie will stick to the top of the tent. (laughs) There'll be lots of food and lots of fun but you won't sleep well because you're sleeping on a lump that you can't seem to find, even though you've made the bend in the tent, but there's a lump still in there that sits in the middle of your back for the entire weekend. You're cold, you're tired. Why would you do that? It's because at state youth games, thousands of young people come together to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. Come together to worship him. Come to to play some sports and and have some connections in that way. But, But come together to encounter God and lives are transformed. It doesn't make sense. There's limits on why you would do that. But year after year after year after year, there's no limits on what people will do to share the gospel with our young people. And so they pay the cost and pay the cost and pay the cost. Because God in and through them, they see incredible transformation take place. There's no limits when we have Christ in and through us. There's no limits when we look to Jesus and take a step. And there's no limits when we live by the fruit of the Spirit. So what's the challenge this week? Well, The challenge this week is what I want us to do is, is to find an area of fruit that maybe could bear more fruit. Maybe that, man, I'm just not feeling the joy at the moment. I'm just, I know I should be, but the joy just isn't where it should be. We just heard a mission message where they've lost two family members, yet there's a joy and an excitement in what's happening in the ministry. It's like, how? It's fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, there's grief, but they choose also to look for the joy and and God moving in and through places. Maybe it's joy that you're missing out on. What I want to encourage you to do this week is to focus on Jesus and take a step. Elevate the gospel to where it should be. Maybe just you're not being very kind or maybe you're not being very gentle. Pick an area, focus on Jesus and take a step. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for who you are. We thank you for the privilege it is to serve you. Lord, we see that when we live this life with our own energy, our own ambitions, the things that that can be destructful to life, that there are limits. And Lord, often the limits cause pain and harm to ourselves and others. But Lord, when we see the fruits of the Spirit, there are no limits. So God, I pray that we would be a church that focuses on you that we would find areas of our life that we need to to pour Holy Spirit flame on in the fruit of the Spirit, that we would choose them and take a step towards you so that each and every day we could become more like you and that we would be able to take the limits off this life that we place on ourselves and walk in step as we put our faith in Jesus Christ. In your name we pray. Amen.